Kohalet by Madison Scott Clary. R.J. Brewster, 2112. Ade stood in the sunlight, blinking. He felt weak, not from hunger, not from lack of sleep, just worn out, exhausted. This was starting to feel like grinding, an endless drudge to level up, busy work, idle hands and tired eyes. But you could quit a game. Here I was, clues and riddles, and for what? There was even a fog of war. So much bullshit, they laughed bitterly, no sense in keeping quiet. A stripped down to her underwear, hesitated, then stripped that off as well and shook her fur out. Comfort was the wrong word to use in regards to a sim. It was a matter of sensory inputs that the system was set up to provide. The musty smell of the auditorium seats had been one thing, but it was starting to get the impression that, given the way this sim was constructed, there would be there would be rather more than less input. Air Tux was decidedly uncomfortable, not made for fox people, and so her fur was decidedly must. A folded her clothes and set them on the sidewalk in front of the school. The cool grass provided a welcome change from the indoor-outdoor carpet and tile inside, the roughness of the concrete out here. All right, so, problems. A plucked viciously at a few close-mown blades of grass and held them pinched between her paw pads. Cicero is lost. He was voting on a bunch of stuff as usual, leading the comment boards. He voted on something and it made it to the floor, but it doesn't show in the records. A plucked blades of grass with her free paw, enumerating the facts. No vote cost, no bounty, no comment. A swished her tail around to the side, hiked her backside up enough to slip it beneath them, and rolled onto her back. Blue sky, cloudless, too bright even with the fog. He draped her arm, fingers still clutching grass over her eyes. And now I'm lost. I was working, and then I was here. Before working, I was digging into Cicero. He trailed off, spent a few moments thinking, then a few more just feeling the earth beneath him, the way the grass seemed to find a way through fur to tickle at him more directly. So had Sasha, though, and she was the one who got me the deck in the first place. I ran through the actions they had taken on the deck. It was surprisingly easy to pull up the chain of events. Or perhaps not, I thought, given the note. Our first write to the deck had been on the note regarding voting records. Prior to that, there was only the sorting and sharing of records, filtering and reading. A lifted her paw once more and stared at the torn blades of grass, tossed them aside. Ah, hell, I'm talking to myself. Laughing, Ade stood and gathered her tucks, heading back to the costume closet. Perhaps they could find something that would fit him, something to take into account the fact that it was more fox, less human. Failing that, perhaps they'd lay down again, sleep perchance to dream. Ade wound up in a simple, pleated skirt and loose cotton shirt gathered at the wrists. The skirt fit well with the tail, certainly far better than her trousers sagging beneath its base awkwardly. It was a robin's egg blue, nice enough, 
Undecorated, any detail would be lost on the audience anyway. Might as well save both cost and effort. The shirt was made for someone with broader shoulders. RJ might have filled it out, but on the fox's slender frame, it was baggy and loose. Again, just a plain white, but A could hardly complain. It didn't compress their fur, unlike the tux shirt with its pleats sewn down the front. A gave consideration as to what to do with the tux. On one paw, and here, thinking in paws already, so soon, it was just an artifact, just bits. Everything was, her own body was, had to be. Choosing clothes that were more comfortable was only instructing the sim how best to treat her body. Had to be. Clothes that were more comfortable were no different from clothes that weren't. It was just how the numbers added up, just the math of simulated fashion. Had to be. And yet, on the other, the tux was the only thing I had... Had what? Brought with them from reality? It might just be a set of bits and bites in her exocortex, but it was air set of bits and bites. Was it? Was there any point to the sense of ownership in so solipsistic a world? Something to tie him back to the world outside this sim. A solution in between, then. They dug until they find a rucksack that had probably gone with some war-themed production. Drab, dusty, made out of thick canvas. It would do well to carry anything that would help, including the notes they had made. A later tucks out on the ratty sofa and rolled it into a tight cylinder. An empty sim would care little if her tux got wrinkled, yes? A stuffed it down into the base of the pack and folded the notes into a small pocket on the side. Thus equipped, A padded back to the auditorium. A made sure the room was put to sleep and, on a whim, grabbed the one live microphone A'd found earlier. Ensuring that it was off to conserve batteries, A added it to the notes, a small token of where he'd come. Not gonna do much without the receiver or board, A murmured. Do the batteries even matter? This is all so fucking silly. A tamped down to spare, buttoned down the flap above the pocket. So many questions. Should A lay in rations? Food? Water bottles, perhaps? A dismissed the thought as even sillier, he didn't feel hungry or thirsty, even after so long in the school, so why worry? Obviously, her body had been taken care of. There was nothing they could do about it from within the sim. All that food and water would do is make the sim tell her body that the pack was heavier. From there, Aim made her way back to the front doors, pushing them open against the pressure differential. The breeze outside ruffled her fur and skirt as they stepped out into the sun once more. The gray mist turned out to be a render distance. Had it been a barrier, Aude could have walked up to the fog, but no further. Had it been a barrier, A was sure A would have screamed. As it was, A was able to follow the same street A would have taken on the walk back up to the home A grew up in, and the fog simply receded before him. A could never approach it. There was nothing to investigate. It was just a bubble into which A had been placed, a bubble that moved along with them. The act of walking away from school, wearing a backpack, and heading towards home was a dredge pulling up the silt of memories. School across the Atlantic in the 90s. Plays and productions they still had memorized. Sasha, dandelions, and summer. Even now, pacing the street as a fox, not much had changed. I had carried her tablet and a few books to and from school in a pack not dissimilar from the one I was wearing, 
Even the skirt was not far off from a thrift store find A might have worn at the time. A prowled through memories of Sasha, of dating, of becoming better friends than partners. A thought back to her staying the night, back to their shared anxiety, back to the movies, back to her mom checking in on them at one in the morning just to make sure everything was okay, and, blessed, to make sure clothes had stayed on. A missed Sasha most of all now. Together, the two of them would have been able to keep spirits up. Sasha would have been able to figure out the problems with Cicero's voting record faster than A had, and A would have been less alone, would have been less helpless. Ade trudged on toward home, reaching a paw up to pluck a handful of leaves from one of the trees as they passed, feeling the reluctant snap as they pulled loose from the branch. For all the Sims' complexity, school in spring was pretty far remote from London in the winter. School. America. Hopelessness. Stasis. You seem kind of frozen, kind of stuck in a few ways. You've been listening to Kohalet by Madison Scott Clary, book one of the Post-Self Trilogy. Read by the author. Kohalet and this podcast are released under a Creative Commons 4.0 Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike License. Music by Chad Crouch, released under a Creative Commons 3.0 Attribution Non-Commercial License. Kohalet is available as a paperback and ebook at kohalet.makyo.inc. That's Q-O-H-E-L-E-T-H dot M-A-K-Y-O dot I-N-K. If you'd like to support more of my writing, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com slash makyo. That's patreon.com slash M-A-K-Y-O. Thanks for listening. Toledot, Post Self, Book 2, comes out January 21st, 2022. You can learn more at toledot.makyo.inc. That's T-O-L-E-D-O-T dot M-A-K-Y-O dot I-N-K. You can also find the series at post-self.makyo.inc. I do hope, once you're done with Kohalet, you give it a read. <laughs>